0: week 13 episode 56 okay me 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 Hello everybody and welcome to episode 56 of the Football Absurdity Podcast. My name is Jeff Crisco. Today's date is Friday, November 29th, 2019. It is Black Friday. It's our week 13. I'm going to... Enough games happened yesterday. I'm going to call this the midweek uh, stopgap podcast. Because we got three games we got to talk about from uh, from Thanksgiving. And then we'll talk about the rest of the games. So I'm here with my co-host uh, Mike Valverde. Mike, how are you?
1: I'm doing pretty good. Uh, you know last uh yesterday's games were somewhat interesting i kind of paid attention to them but um i had some good food and looking forward to oh by the way how was your how was your turkey in the instapot or whatever you put it in
0: my sous vide turkey it was perfect the only my my only quibble with it was i accidentally tried to make too much gravy so it got a little cold while i was making the gravy but other I, i think that that's that's an okay quibble to have um evan how was your thanksgiving it was oh, successfully completed. Everybody ate. Nobody threw up. Everybody ate. Everybody.
2: Uh oh. <laughs> yeah. An the response. wife's been sick. The wife's been oh, sick. So two, okay. out of three, two out of three days I've had the kids to my, the twins to myself, which is impossible because they're trying to destroy me and there's two of them. <laughs> but, but, but my
0: wife's stalker got thrown back in prison. So yeah, this week would right. get.
1: Good.
0: I'm glad to hear that. That is good news. So, all right, we'll 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 uh, get this, uh, the, the housekeeping out of the way up top like we always do. If you found us on Twitter, if you found us through the website, if you found us through however you found us that wasn't a podcast app, go ahead and subscribe to us on your podcast app of choice. We're on all of them. And when you do uh, subscribe, go ahead, rate and review. That helps us out a lot. Uh, best way to come chat with us is we have a Discord at tinycc slash absurdity. Again, that's tiny.cc slash absurdity. Um, it's a lot of fun, a lot of good conversation, a lot of tilting um, during the games, a lot of uh, just any questions you have. You come in, we'll find somebody that'll that'll answer it for you. Another um, way you can get, uh, stay up to date on everything that we post on the website is our Twitter, which is uh, at FBallAbsurdity. I'm on Twitter at Jeff Crisco, K R I S K O um mike is rfl red zone evan is evan hoovler on facebook he does not use twitter um if you want to help us out you like what we do you can go ahead head to patreon.com slash football absurdity um become a patron and um you will get the second half of this episode is what i like to call it because uh what we do on fridays is we do a quick uh rundown of the games and we talk about what we're looking for in those games and then on tuesday we do a debrief and see what we saw and, and talk about um the ramifications going forward um we're also brought to you by draft.com if you go to draft.com slash absurdity drop in promo code absurdity and 10 bucks you'll get a free three dollar token it'll help us out a lot what draft.com is is um it is a one week um daily fantasy thing for football baseball basketball where you actually draft the teams like a snake draft it's a lot of fun um you know it's it's week 13 now you could be getting that itch again and you can go spend a buck and uh, have a whole, whole new team that you draft in 10 minutes it's really easy to do so uh so yeah all right, boys, we talked about how our Thanksgivings were, but we got three games to review on this one. And um, so we'll just start with the 9.30 a.m. Pacific game. It was Chicago at Detroit. Uh, the David Blau experience uh, almost took down the Bears. Chicago 24, Detroit 20. Um, and, uh, I mean, the big story of the game, is David Blau better than Jeff Driscoll? <laughs> <laughs>
1: he might be. I mean, that, that first I – mean, normally you don't see a guy – who's never had any experience whatsoever. He's a rookie, uh, I believe, either seventh round or undrafted out of Purdue. Comes in, first pass of the game. Oh, oh, there's the streaking Kenny Galladay. Oh, boom,
0: touchdown. 75 Look, yards. <laughs> 75
1: yards, yeah. Easy piece of cake, done, game over, you know. So, um, yeah, he was really impressive and really fun to watch. Why didn't yeah. the
0: Bears reward me in fantasy? I'm trying to make the playoffs here. Um, Because uh, – you, I mean, you you hate Thursday night games. Could you imagine what a Thursday morning game is like in terms of uh, absurd absurdity? But then I didn't start Dak Prescott because Thursday night games. Uh, well, that was a Thursday afternoon game. We're in we're in un, uh, oh, not well worn territory here. We we don't know if it's Thursday night specifically or if it's just Thursday in general. But um, but uh. You know Chicago at Detroit. I mean, we we had our questions for this one. So, uh, Mike, you were checking out Mike's uh, Bo Scarborough, not Mike Scarborough. That's that that would be you if you if you married Bo Scarborough, I guess. So, what's going on <laughs> with uh, Bo Scarborough? He, he kind of was what we thought he was.
1: Yeah, well, you know, it's not too bad. Uh, he carried the ball twenty-one times, eighty-three yards. I, I would say he he would, of course he didn't catch a pass. Um, as I've said several times, don't look for him to do that, but. Uh, 83 yards at the 4 point Yards per carry average So I would say he was Scarborough fair
0: Yeah, he was fair He was, you know No no reception skills if he doesn't score a touchdown This was kind of his ceiling You know, without a touchdown uh, You know, 80 yards or so on the ground So if you plugged him in, you gotta be happy with him Evan, you wanted to know if, uh, uh, You said don't self-destruct And I didn't write in who So who, who was gonna self-destruct? Was it the Bears? Yeah
2: Well, Anthony
0: Miller had a big game. I bet you, you know.
2: Alan Robinson had a big game for me. I should not have started Tariq Cohen, even though he had a great first quarter. He did nothing afterwards. Uh, I guess they didn't self-destruct. I mean, they're playing Detroit. So, you know what it was? The first half, they kind of self-destructed.
0: Yeah, the first half was a mess. Yeah, the first half was a mess for them. I mean, David Blau was going up and down the field on them, and then – the offense was kind of a mess and then Mitch Trubisky you know I think Mitch Trubisky and David Blau switched bodies at halftime maybe maybe that's what happened because Trubisky was good and then Blau was bad so um and Evan already mentioned my question I wanted to know about Tariq Cohen and P-E- PPR but rest in peace dude I mean four catches 26 yards three carries nine yards I mean come on that's that's not going to cut it Throw throwing back throwing back on the waiver wire it's it's this this was the offense was going in the second half just about as well as it could go and it wasn't going towards Tariq Cohen. So um,
1: well, let's put it this way about Tariq Cohen. Uh I, I start him every week, and that's because I have to start five running backs.
0: <laughs> oh man, yeah. Uh, you know, if you're if if you're looking at running back sixty, um then, then yeah, maybe you can you can slide in uh Tariq Cohen. But other than that, I'm I'm done with him. Uh, rest in peace, Tariq. Uh next game. Game that no, you know, it didn't go how everybody kind of thought. I thought it would be uh, 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 the, the Cowboys would uh, at least put up a fight. But Buffalo 26, Dallas 15, and uh, Jerry Jones is coming out after the game talking about, well, Jason Garrett's not going to get fired during the season, which means the first day after the season, Jason Garrett's getting fired. Um, it was it was a bad sorts all around for the uh, for the Cowboys Um it wasn't my question, but Josh Allen, I mean, Josh Allen looked legitimately good in this game. It was it was day and night between what Josh Allen was last year and what he's become this year, I think.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean he's connected on nineteen or twenty-four passes. That right there is is better than what he ever was last season.
0: Yeah, and there there were tough passes too. He was a lot of times he was running away from the uh from the pressure and he was on the run. And he's just making these these dart throws um to like Cole Beasley and, and Devin Singletary and stuff. So that was kind of the story from the Buffalo side, but the Dallas side, I mean, the story the whole game was their offensive line was getting worked, and it's not what we're used to seeing, and Dak kind of had some trouble. He didn't know what to do with it. I mean, he ended up with a good fantasy day, but he didn't know what to do with this pressure.
1: And and that's the thing with Dak Prescott. If If you look back at his college seasons with, I think, Mississippi State, He was good, like, the first two or three years. I can't remember if he stayed all four years or whatever. But his last season at Mississippi State, that offensive line was garbage. And he got bounced around and sacked and just lost confidence. And that's what pretty much put him from uh, maybe a tier one, middle, second round pick to I think whatever he went, like, fourth round or fifth round. Um, And he's showing those signs again. He he is just erratic, he He has this trust – Thing where where it's it's he needs to know where the receivers are they need to run correct routes so he can get them the ball if any of that is off he he does not have that instinct to be able to deliver the ball to someone who's not running those correct routes that's why the cowboys have players like well jason would came back and he's having uh, an okay year uh brown cobb Um, Amari Cooper, all these route runners are great route runners and they're having good seasons because Dak Prescott can trust where they're going to be at any time on that field. So whenever, whenever he's getting pressured and sacked, he's not used to it. So he's going to put up a 32 for 49 game, um, kind of game.
0: Yeah, and and you uh, you short shrifted my boy uh, Michael Gallup too in there. So uh, that's another guy who uh, good routes, good hands and stuff. Uh, but you're right; it's it's he doesn't like the playground ball. Like, um, uh, you guys, remember Stevie Johnson? Yes, he was always open because he was a playground ball guy. Like he gave guys like Richard Sherman fits, and uh, I mean Rivas was good back then before he retired when that happened. He gave those guys fits because his routes were just. You know, like you you draw it up in the dirt um, on the playground, and and uh, but he was where he needed to be. But it's on um, yeah, Dak needs guys in rhythm, in stride, and uh, to to hit him. And and when things break down, he doesn't do well. So we talked a little bit, Evan. What were your impressions? Because you wanted to know about the Cowboys' offense. What were your impressions of it? I benched Jason Witten
2: for a tight end on the waiver wire that I have not picked up yet, and I feel poorly
0: well i uh, i would have evan if it's me i'm picking up a player if i'm benching somebody else
2: (laughs) yeah you know what uh i'm doing right jack doyle is pick up a bowl but i Mm -hmm. gotta drop i gotta drop somebody will it
0: let me just drop tariq cohen right now did he already get points for you yes no
2: darn okay
0: i gotta drop i have
2: witten coleman prescott hooper hyde and darnold Or I could drop Brady. I want to drop Brady. Yeah. Okay, perfect. All right, thank you. (laughs) There you go. I hope that helped our readers, viewers, (laughs)
0: listeners. (laughs) Something. Consumers. Consumers. uh, uh, Fans. Um, All right, Mike. So did we see Devin double Terry in this one?
1: Yes, we did. Uh, He didn't get enough carries like I had hoped he would. I thought he was going to get around 20, but he ended up getting 14 for 63. But his touchdown was what's most important, and uh, off of three receptions for 38 yards, he caught a touchdown. I believe it was like a 25-yard touchdown or something like mm-hmm. that from uh, John Brown. Yeah, that's correct. Um, and so, yeah, I, I mean, double Terry, uh, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe one of those where he he uh, he's on first base and there's a fly ball to center field, and they sort of try it out to midway second base to see if it's far enough to to go for it or not so i would say midway he was a devin midway terry
0: all right devin one and a half bases terry um i wanted to know if randall cobb was really back from the dead um he'd strung together some good games but um he had three targets three receptions 53 yards the catches were he had a couple of his catches had a high degree of difficulty to him i'm not going to take that away from him and say that he just kind of had just an okay game, but the volume wasn't there. I mean, he had three targets. So um, I think that um, Randall Cobb is a player that you can, uh, you know, there are people wondering if we're going to be able to start him down the stretch. I don't think he's a guy that you can rely on unless Mike, your league with five uh, running backs also starts five wide receivers.
1: Oh, they can't actually.
0: There you go. Maybe in that league you can trust uh, uh, Randall Cobb, but, um, you, you know.
1: six in that league.
0: Oh man, alive! You can start every wide receiver in the league,
1: pretty much. All
0: right, yeah. So, all right. So, last game of the night, five twenty game. Uh, New Orleans at Atlanta. One of the most insane finishes to a football game that's ever happened. Um, New Orleans ended up winning twenty six to eighteen. Um, the story of the game. So, I looked it up this morning um, per Washington Post. A an onside recovery has a seven point five percent chance of success. Not so much. if. You, Yeah. So if you include, I mean, that's um, uh, one every like 11 or 12. Uh, I think it's 12. So I mean, when you consider how rarely they're done, it's one every three or four weeks, you know, in the NFL. But in this game, so they recovered three onside uh, kicks. One was called back. For kind of a ticky tack thing that um, their rules analyst said that it probably shouldn't have been called. So I'm going to give them credit for three straight onside kick recoveries. So that means that that had uh, the Falcons had a point zero four two percent chance of recovering three straight um, onside kicks and they did it. Wow. 0.042 percent chance of doing it and they did it and it was it was incredible too um especially because two of them it went off of alvin kamara who has some of the you know he's on the hands teams for a reason yeah, so right? it's just oh. absolutely wild so um my big takeaway take from this that's one so 2744 there you go see that, that that's uh you know we could watch football for the rest of our lives and never see that happen again so
1: did you do that uh, in your head evan
2: uh, I got almost all the way there, and then realized I had my phone. <laughs> I, got, I got to the third, I got to the tens digit, but then I was there like, yeah, I can get this accurate."
0: Yeah, remember? Remember when we were uh, when we learned math, where they said, "Well, you're not going to have a calculator with you all the time in your pocket." They lied. Yeah, to right. me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> they lied oh, yeah, to actually,
0: us. My students all get
2: get dis, a little disheartened because they see me doing math in my head and think that's why I'm good at tests. And I'm like, doing math in your head is the most useless superpower yeah the planet, since they invented the abacus even
0: yeah it's it's yeah it, we have we've we've developed an ability to not have to do that but um but i think the biggest story of the game so next year for next year fantasy drafts um i mean Taysom hill's got to go one overall right in all fantasy drafts oh absolutely oh, this is all year yeah so we We've been huge Taysom Hill supporters Definitely all year long. I've been long.
2: hating on him constantly and wondering, baffled <laughs> by Scott Paynes decision to use him.
0: Well, you know, if you have ten thousand plays that don't work, you got to set up those ten thousand plays so that when you play a two and nine team, um, you can uh, you can deploy Taysom Hill and, and he can get um, two touchdowns on um, uh, let's say six on four touches. So you 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 got to set it up all year long so that when you're playing an awful team, you can deploy the Taysom Hill appropriately.
1: Of course, the week I don't start Taysom Hill, he goes
0: for two touchdowns. <laughs> He's been on lineup mainstay. He's been killing us, and then you don't start him, and that's uh, that's what he does. Pretty ridiculous. So Taysom Hill took. Uh, um, I mean, he vultured some touchdowns from Alvin Kamara. Where for Alvin, where are the dang touchdowns? Where are the dang? Where's the dang volume? I mean, eighty four yards on fifteen touches. That's good, but it's just like. I don't know. I'm gonna scoop up Alvin Kamara at the end of the first round next year, and just fingers crossed he goes back to his touch. He averaged a touchdown per game before the season, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna bet that it goes back to that next year. That's my that's my guess. And uh, scoop him up at the end of the first round um, in every single league that I'm in. So what if Brees retires? Uh, then I think it'll go to Alvin Kamara even more. I think that would affect Michael Thomas more than Alvin Kamara.
1: Nothing affects Michael Thomas except for the Atlanta Falcons.
0: Yeah, Michael <clears throat> Yeah, Michael Thomas had uh, 6 for 48, which is uh, disappointing for Michael Thomas, to say the least. Um, but that was your question, Mike. You wanted to know if he'd go over Hundo, and I think you cursed him.
1: Yeah, I must have because, wow, that, that didn't happen at, at all. And it, it really shows to the fact of how reliant he's been on catching the ball this year because his his yards per, per catch is pretty low uh, for a wide mm-hmm. receiver. We're talking... 10 to 12 range 10 yards 12 yard range and it's not going to get it done you're going to need to catch 10 balls to to get actually some sufficient amount of points which michael thomas luckily or skillfully does every week but yeah when he doesn't then you're in for a hurtful day
0: yeah and it works when you're getting 12 13 14 targets um in a game but you know uh this was a uh, you know, he, he's going to have a lit down every once in a while. So I'm not, I'm not, nobody's worried about Michael Thomas going no. forward. <laughs> no. not He'll at all. hit a hundred
1: so, mark again um, next week.
0: Yeah. So a guy that we might be worried about going forward, Evan, you are checking out Devonta Freeman in this one. And uh, I almost nailed his line in the discord. I was, I was 60 yards and one catch off. But uh, what did you see from Freeman? Blah. That's fair enough. Is he droppable? No, he's not. Is no. He? He's not droppable. No, 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 no. Because he's going to get – I mean, he's getting volume. So it's like, you know, it's like you're going to drop him for Bo Scarborough. It's like, you know, that's at best a lateral move. Um, But
1: I wouldn't even even say that's a lateral move just because of the fact that Freeman adds receptions. You're probably going to get lateral with with yardage. But Freeman also adds those receptions. So I think that's – that. yeah, I wouldn't drop him. I agree with you.
0: Yeah, and and it's also because it's not like, I mean Brian Hill sucks. I mean we we we've established we that's thoroughly established. So, um that's the, he's not going to take a lot of touches away from Freeman and Ido Smiths they on IR. They
2: didn't go to Allison at all.
0: Yeah, and and Allison got didn't get any touches. Allison I think is from his usage the last couple of weeks it seems like he's going to be a hammer, like a goal line short yardage back. I don't think he's getting many um uh touches outside of that, and that kind of fits his his uh body type i if i'm remembering correctly i think he was a well, big boy yeah six two two thirty one he's a big he's a, boy
1: he is and that's what they use him for but i don't even know if he was even on, on the sidelines uh, this this week because he could be a healthy scratch being the third running back but i don't i'm not 100 sure on that
0: uh let's see he had no snaps yesterday so um, so yeah, I don't think he was, uh, I don't think he was, uh, active. And if he was, they didn't get into a situation where they would use him sort of as the hammer back. So, um, my question in this one was, I wanted to know about Matt Ryan's ankle. Um, I mean, Matt Ryan was never overly mobile, but he looked kind of statuesque in this one, not really moving around. Um, and then he had his soul removed, um, by, uh, uh, uh the the defensive lineman i think it was a uh, shy tuttle is his name who uh stiff-armed matt ryan so hard that um i
1: saw that you got hammered
0: ryan. did you see that evan
1: oh man
0: no we were driving home i heard it on the radio oh man he it was the stiff arm was so good that uh you know people would talk themselves into him being a top eight tight end next year if it was uh vance mcdonald for example I it compared uh, to that
2: james washington stiff arm last week
0: Dude, this is on a completely different level. Like, yeah, now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: If
1: if you go to ESPN and you go to their their uh, box score, there's the videos on on there. You could see it if, if yeah. you're interested.
0: I'm gonna. I'm what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna send this to Evan right now. And I'm going I'm gonna send him the tweet so he just sees the the highlight. And I'm gonna. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Send this over to you. It's going through the Skype chat. There you go. All right. So while we while uh, Evan we get Evan's live reaction to Matt Ryan getting put through the earth. Um, my takeaway was um, I don't think Matt Ryan's ankle is getting any better right now. Um, he's an, I think he needs the offseason to recover, and I think that um, people are going to drop him drastically in draft next year um, because of it. Because there I saw a lot of Matt Ryan's wash takes on Twitter last night during the game, and um, before Matt Ryan got hurt, he was playing actually pretty well from a fantasy standpoint so he got hurt against the Rams. so if you include that game he was on a uh 4900 yard and 34 touchdown pace so his his picks were a little high but i mean I'll, i'll scoop matt ryan up in the 12th or 13th round everywhere next year because people have this perception that he's washed when in actuality he's just injured and he's, you know, he's 34. It's not like he's uh, getting up there to be 40 or something. So um, that's my take on the Matt Ryan thing. Um, I have him in Scott Fishbowl. I'm not excited to start him. I don't think his ankle is getting any better.
1: And, you know, I, I agree with you on Oh, on that.
0: he just punches Matt Ryan in the head.
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's not uh-huh. really a stiff arm. That's like You just got punched in the head, bro. Like...
1: Um, The last two and three games, uh, it's well, if you count both Carolina and New Orleans is at least legit defenses he threw for 300 yards uh if, of course he 50 passes against new orleans but 31 against carolina um you know he had a awful game against tampa bay which you would figure he would blow out against him if he's doing well against new orleans and carolina but that mm-hmm. didn't happen so i i definitely agree that that he's being hampered with his but his Accuracy is not too bad. Um, his yards not too bad, but he is just not putting up the touchdowns. Instead, he's throwing interceptions.
0: Yeah, and I think I mean he can't he he can't put as much push behind the the football when he throws it right now because he doesn't you know he doesn't have a good base to throw from. So you know balls that would get zipped in would um, are are floating a little bit and DBs can pick them off. And I mean I mean today he went for three or yesterday he went for 312, two and two and he did that without Julio Jones and without Austin Hooper. So that's it's like there's also that factor. Hooper's been hurt, too, and he didn't have Julio last night. So it's like, you know, Calvin Ridley's good, but Russell Gage is not a wide receiver, too, and neither is this Blake guy they had running around out there. So um, I think that that also hurts Matt Ryan's uh, ability. So I'll scoop him up next year on the bounce back. I'll get him and, you know, Josh Allen in the ninth and and ride that to a victory. I think that's uh, my game plan for next year.
1: Well, yeah, definitely, because it will be the on year for Matt Ryan uh, this yeah. year. Year next year's is on year so yeah that's
0: right, right. The, the curse is over for next year so all right so well before we move on to the week 13 preview we put the thanksgiving to bed nice full of tryptophan uh, taking a good uh, carb nap uh, we'll talk about cover six uh, this is the six biggest news stories that are fantasy relevant um, that you need to know about uh, going into the weekend and I was pulling practice reports pretty much right up until the minute that uh, this, this started we're recording this uh, we started at 2 30 uh, pacific on friday so if some news breaks after that it's not my problem okay get off my back so guys that are out or likely out are juju damian williams ty hilton eric ebron aj green and evan ingram golden tate jordan howard and james Conner. true game time decisions we're looking at adam Thielen, zach ertz and guys who showed up on Injury Reports who are playing OBJ, Tyree Kill, Derrick Henry, George Kittle, and Emmanuel Sanders. So the six things, um, we'll start with number six. Gerald Everett is trending towards not playing. Uh, Gerald Everett's been off and on in, uh, you know, a top 10 tight end this year. If he doesn't play, it's not the end of the world, except they're playing Arizona this week. Arizona is, you know, the tight end matchup. I say, if you know one thing about 2020 or 2019 fantasy football tight ends, you you know, to play anybody who's playing against Arizona. So how desperate are we? Cause I don't think Gerald Everett's playing. So how desperate do we have to be to roll with Tyler Higbee this weekend with a, with a spiraling um, Rams offense?
1: You would sound desperate if you didn't have the opposition of the Arizona Cardinals next to you, but this if if you're ever gonna roll with this dude, this will be the week to do so.
0: Yeah. Oh, and 27 seconds ago, I just checked on Twitter. Uh, Gerald Everett has been ruled out for Week 13, so you we definitely
1: are... want to go with him then.
0: Yeah. So it is a Tyler Higby situation. Evan, are you looking at Tyler Higby instead of uh, Jason Witten? Uh, I've th- I got to do I'll do it. But uh,
2: Jack Doyle with Ebron going on IR, I think is the is the play.
0: Yeah, no, that is that is the right play because uh, they're that consolidating those targets between Ebron and, and Jack Doyle. You might have yourself a good PPR touchdown guy. I w- if you had said yes, I would have told you to just go with Jack Doyle. <laughs> That's the uh, uh, the the smart play here. Um, and that didn't show up on cover six, so we got uh, the Jack Doyle discussion out of the way. I think he'll be good rest of the season uh, without Ebron, especially as long as T.Y. Hilton's not playing. Um, number five, Damian Williams has been ruled out for Sunday, like I mentioned. Um, that leaves Shady and Daryl Williams to uh, against uh, the... Uh, raiders this weekend so um same question about uh tyler higby but with daryl williams how desperate do we have to be to roll with uh daryl williams or are we having some some confidence in him he's he's done okay he didn't blow the doors off but he's done okay in limited stints this year uh for the chiefs i'll
2: roll him out if i need a flex with a floor i'll yeah. roll him out
0: that's kind of how i feel about it also because shady's fumbling problems coming back and i don't know because uh, this is i mean unexpectedly no offense to your raiders evan but unexpectedly this might be a key game for the division title Um, in a division yep. that everybody thought the chiefs were going to run away with um so give it up so if shade the hype wa- train has crashed let the hype train roll evan Um, So with with, uh, a jumbo jet
2: last week in New York City,
0: I mean, Derek Carr can't play when it's cold. I mean, that that is known now. It it was one of the things I was fighting. But now he did it again. He he cratered in a cold weather game. So, um, I mean, that's fine when the, uh, you know, the championship goes through uh, Foxborough every year. I don't think that that's going to be a huge problem playing in Foxborough in in January uh, if you can't play when it's cold. It's
2: going to be 40. It's going to be 37 degrees.
0: Oh, is it going to be thirty-seven degrees?
2: Head. Yep. Okay, Derek Carr is going to suck. Um, I tried. I tried all week to find a glimmer of hope. You know, I went through every straw in the restaurant trying to grasp them and just, <laughs> I couldn't you, do you it. You can't so. believe
1: that that that's like believing there's a
2: Madden curse.
0: Well, no, I mean there are people who the can't Madden handle curse cold. Is
2: genetic. Oh, you I mean the cover
0: uh anyways so th- this uh, we're talking about daryl williams so there is a world where shady fumbles in the first quarter and daryl williams ends up with 20 touches so i had him as, as my deep dive sleeper this week because he's eight percent owned um that's just a a person to watch because um i mean we've been desperately trying to squeeze some uh some running back uh, kansas city running back value um all season long and and now towards the end we have a new new contender Uh, Between the shady Damian Williams, Darwin Thompson sweepstakes, uh, it might be Daryl Williams might be uh, this year's Damian Williams. Damian Williams came in because he got all the the playing time because injury last year. So who knows? D Williams, Chiefs, it tracks.
1: I'll go for it. Why not?
0: Why not? He he, he might
1: just get out there and just blow it up. And and Andy Reid's like, I don't care. Give him the ball 30 times.
0: That's what he did with Damian last year and and made everybody lose their minds going into this season. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So uh, So, uh, uh, next one, number four, Adam Thielen is a true game time decision on Monday Night Football. And um, this is uh, the concerning quote that I saw from him was he said his hamstring is not 100%. And if it's not 100%, He's not going to play. Because if you guys remember a few weeks ago, he was not 100% with that hammy. He played like five snaps and re-aggravated it. And he's it's cost him all these games. So his – his that? The, What's that?
1: Who's that again? I'm sorry I missed the name. Oh, Thielen.
0: Adam Thielen. Oh, Adam Thielen. Okay. Yeah, because the hamstring injuries are weird where it's like, you know, if you're not 100%, you can – play through an ankle sprain or whatever, but these hamstring injuries, they pop again and you're gone for three or four weeks. So if he's not, he said, if he's not hundred percent, he's not playing. So it's Monday night football um, is, is uh, when the Vikings play. So um, you got Minnesota, Seattle. So, I mean, if you got Josh Gordon, you could potentially pivot to him, but I'm not counting on playing Adam Thielen this week. What do you, what with, with this, this is concerning. What do you guys think?
1: I, I actually wouldn't approach it. I, I, I would go digs as if alien if alien. Is not, <laughs> alien <laughs> the alien Thielen is not playing.
0: Yeah, and if I have Adam Thielen, I'm finding other options unless I have uh like I said, a maybe, maybe, maybe a Josh Gordon on my bench. Maybe um, you know, I do that or I put it in a flex spot spot and, uh, I cross my fingers with Alexander Madison or, or Rashad Penny or something like that. But I'm not counting on, on how Adam Thielen this week and I have him in a league and he's staying on my bench. I just don't have a good pivot, a good Monday night football pivot. Everybody's right, th- now
2: fantasy football trade for Julio and Thielen in the dynasty league. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's uh it's not looking too great this week for you. Um, first place and I'm doing everything I can to lose it yeah well you know what as long as you make the playoffs that's all that matters that's all that matters um for for that trade and then you got to win so if you lose this week you lose this week playoffs start next week okay yeah i'm in the playoffs yeah you're fine um all right number three Zach Ertz is a true questionable um alshon jeffrey and nelson aguilar will play on sunday so uh and the uh eagles cut jordan matthews so balls will bounce off of nelson aguilar's hands instead of jordan matthews hands this weekend but um Ertz. uh it doesn't to me seem like he's playing they're playing philly so are we rolling with dallas goddard as maybe a tight end one this week a top 10 who's, tight end who's philly playing uh miami
1: yeah
0: top 10 tight end uh because because he's gotten uh at least five targets in um five of his last six games and he's gotten 14 targets in his last two so i think um if he can convert it so uh Zach, so if Zach Ertz is out, are we going um, Dallas Goddard or Jack Doyle for Evans' Evans' boy?
1: I'm going to go Jack Doyle, be just because the Titans are horrific against the the tight end position. They're one of the worst. So, but it's a, it's a I think it's going to be a close call. Uh, but I would just give the nod to Doyle on that one.
0: Okay, Evan, what do you think? This is a choice you literally can make. This is the best week for
2: waiver wire tight ends ever. It's great. Good. Goddard and Doyle. Boy, I like them both. Uh, I feel like Philly runs through the tight end more. So give me Goddard for usage. Good. But I don't know. Uh, he's not available on my waiver wire. So.
0: Okay. I was going to say, I hope Zachary's, we didn't give you an existential crisis
2: for your Zachary's, team this no, week. Zach Ertz owner got him which is good because I'm trying to figure out what fab to bid, and the Zach Ertz owner has the second most fab, and I have by far the most, so I'm micromanaging it. And oh, there you to, go. I don't have to outbid them.
0: Yeah, you don't have to worry about um, him going for uh, for Doyle. So, um, All right, number two, James Conner is doubtful. Jalen Samuels sucks as a running back. He has a skill set that belongs on a football field. He's not a running back, though. He's best when he gets the ball in the open field. He's like, uh, um, oh, God, what was the guy's name? He was on the Titans for years, uh, Dexter McCluster, Dexter wow. McCluster, every year people tried to make Dexter McCluster a, a sleeper running back because of how he played. But every year he could not play running back. He was good with the ball in his hands in space. And that's what Jalen Samuels reminds me of. It's, it's this thing in the NFL, um, this dynamic, a, a guy in college who doesn't have a position and then transfers to the NFL and doesn't and really doesn't have a position. And we try to make him something in fantasy, but he just doesn't get the volume. did uh, he have a I, good year in Kansas City one year? I Dexter think. McCluster. I th- yeah. think he might have had a touchdown dependent one. Um, but I mean I don't uh let me double check that before I, I pop off. Uh oh, goodness gracious. Um he had no, he did not to answer your question. <laughs> uh he he ended his career. I mean his highest yards was 500. Okay, he had one year in Kansas City, um, where he ended up with 516 rushing yards and 328 receiving yards on 64 targets. So, um, so he had an okay year. He had an okay year in Kansas City. You're right, Mike. Good pull back in 2011. But, um, but that's kind of what Jalen Samuels reminds me of. Where you know Jalen Samuels at the end of the year will probably have decent numbers, but he's not going to be better than that because he's a man. He's not. He's not a running back. Not a tight end. Not a wide receiver. He's just this kind of like multi-purpose back. So um, he'll be good for the Steelers but um, I mean the end to my rambling question. Benny, Benny Snell. Benny St- Snell against Cleveland. Benny Snell's not very good but at least his skill set is that of a running back. He's kind of like a a, a, a rich man's Kalen Balage, in my opinion. He loves to run in straight lines. He's a, He's got Bo Scarborough disease. He loves to run in straight lines and go through people but um Other than that, he's got some serious issues. So, um, well,
1: I, I, I could, I, um, two things about Snell. One, his grandfather played in Super Bowl Three. Yeah. Was was a fantastic running back. Uh, I'll, I'll dismiss who won that game. And (laughs) the, the second thing about Snell too is, is if you really want a, a good take, like you were saying, on him, think of his name, Snell. He's big, wide, and slow.
0: Like a snail like us now also he's he so big like, uh should i like start him st- over should i start him over feeling <sighs> i don't know mike what do you think that's a good question
1: um who are the vikings
2: playing
0: uh seattle on monday, on monday night. night on
2: monday night, monday well, night. i night. tell I you yeah dalvin cook off the waiver wire if it's not yeah.
1: Pittsburgh is playing. Uh, Cleveland. Cleveland. If if Snell's the back, I'd go with Snell. If if he's gonna rotate time, then I'd go with dylan
0: All right, Evan. So there's your answer. We don't know.
2: No, going <laughs> we'll pretty score much. A lot. I should go with him.
0: Your answer is make your own decision. <laughs> yeah. All right. Last it's one up on the podcast cover. Podcast I can listen to. Yeah, if only there was a podcast that would give uh, fantasy football advice. Uh, so, uh, last one. Uh, Juju officially out, like I said. Um, Deontay John, uh, Johnson, not great. Uh, James Washington, he went hunting with Duck Hodges. Is he the new wide receiver one in Pittsburgh, or does that even matter? I don't think it matters. Come on, Evan. It,
1: there's no one there who playing. I mean, Deion Kane? Woo! <laughs> you know, it's just like, he. I mean, you, can't, Deon, you can't, you can't, Deon put
0: this Cain, on Mason
1: Rudolph.
0: Did Dion Kane get cut from the Colts after T.Y. Hilton got hurt? Um, <laughs> no, he
1: was, he was actually on the practice squad two weeks ago and then that Steelers took him off their practice oh, squad.
0: They, they sniped him off practice squad. Okay. So T.Y. Hilton gets hurt. Dion De, Kane can't even get, uh, 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 pulled off the practice squad in time or, or protected to, uh. Uh, so that kind of tells you all you need to know. The Colts needed needed a wide receiver, and and uh, he got he got uh, poached. So, um, all right. So that'll that'll do it for cover six. And uh, so what we'll do now is we'll move on to the uh, week thirteen preview. Gentlemen, for, are you ready?
1: Ri- before oh. we move on, I have a question. Um, the you mentioned Jordan Howard. Did you mention him as out or uh, game time?
0: He is um, likely out.
1: Okay. So that's game time or
0: no that is um by all intents and purposes he should be out unless there's a miracle they haven't ruled him out yet because teams do this a lot where they don't rule a player out um um because of you know miracles could happen and if a player's ruled out they won't play but as of uh today as of three hours ago he still wasn't cleared for contact so So i mean and i was listening to um I forget which podcast I was listening to, but he's got a stinger. And uh, they described it as if the if the feeling doesn't come back right away, it's not like a light switch, it's more like a sunrise in terms that it um it comes back slowly. So if he's still not cleared for contact, there's not a high likelihood that he's gonna be okay by Sunday. So
1: gotcha. I'm
0: not counting on Jordan Howard playing this weekend. I wouldn't either. Yeah. So yeah, he's not officially out just because teams do this to uh
1: delay uh, game planning.
0: Yeah, Not only delay game planning, but if he wakes up on Sunday and he's fine, he can still play. But if they declare him out, he's ineligible to play. So they 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 do this where they say "Eh, he's probably not playing. But, you know, we'll we'll list him as questionable or or doubtful or what have you. So so that's what that's what went on. That's what's going on with Jordan Howard this week. All right. All right. Now we ready, boys. We need to talk about this game first. Just so you guys know, buys are done. There's no more buys. Say bye bye to buys um so um starting next week it's going to be a whole lot of preview because there's not going to be uh uh, any buys to contend with um so um first game up i mean is this is the game of the week guys this is far and away i mean it has so much ramifications jets at Bengals, 41 point over under. Jets three and a half point favorites. If the Jets win, they might still maybe be in playoff contention. If the Bengals win, they still have the worst record in the league because they are dreadful. Mike, who wants didn't the Jets play the Bengals last week? Who did the Jets play last week? Uh the Jets play. Um Evan, do you do you, you want to know who the Jets played last week? Yeah. <laughs> uh the the, the Raiders get the Raiders in Cincinnati and stuff all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you had me panic there for a second. I thought I screwed up here. It was a you... bit. <laughs> it was a bit. All right. Um, uh, Mike, will Sam Darnold continue to dominate these easy teams? That's what you want to know.
1: Yeah, and he's he's been having a pretty, pretty good uh, last couple games, sort of like uh, Josh Allen has, uh, except for he's not contributing to the run. But... Uh, in in the last three games, Darnold has two or more touchdowns. Uh, he did put up a four spot against the Redskins, but, you know, that's the Redskins. Uh, and now he has the Bengals that are the Bungles, 26 against uh, quarterback uh, fantasy points. Yeah, I think he, he's going to have a pretty good game. I, I'm, I'm wondering if he's going to hit the 300 mark, but I, I can definitely say without any kind of reservation that... He's going to throw two touchdowns, so I'm looking at a 280 two touchdown kind of game from him this week.
0: That's not a bad game. That's a pretty decent game. So Evan, let's let's talk more. You, Andy Dalton's back. Let's talk about these Bengals, baby. Yeah, my question is: Is there any thing going on in fantasy that's not predictable?
2: We know that Robbie Anderson is a good start. We know Donald's going to put up a fair line. We know the, the Bengals suck. Uh, we know that Joe Mixon's going to have a medium day because he's going against a medium offense. Is there any wild cards here? This seems like
0: the most predictable game. Wild card is Ryan Griffin? Oh, that's a good one. Maybe. I mean, that's the only thing I can think of. He's getting low volume, but he's scoring touchdowns. So that's your that's your uh, your big question mark in this one. Well, cool. I'll re- watch
2: for that. And he's on most waiver wire, so.
0: Yeah. I'm in um, that. Yeah, so my my question is, is kind of like yours, which is, does I mean, we're talking about, oh, Andy Dalton's coming back, and, you know, I mean, Ryan Finley wasn't very good, but, I mean, and, I don't know if Andy Dalton's return even moves the needle for the Bengals' offense, because they topped 20 points once with Andy Dalton. They're, they were 20, 17, 17, 3, 23, 17, 17, 10. And, I mean, with Ryan Finley, it was more of the same, 13, 10, and 10. So it's not like Andy Dalton coming back is like, oh, let's go. You know, Bengals are going to win a couple games. It's like, Ngh. their offense wasn't that great with Andy Dalton. Yeah, it's like, that
2: quarterback we benched is back. This changes nothing.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's like I saw a take where it's like, um, you know, well, maybe, you know, the the Andy Dalton – you know, he got benched and, and now he knows he survived being benched. So, you know, he'll, he'll play a little looser and, and, and freer and he won't overthink everything. I'm like, do we really want Andy Dalton to play looser and freer and let the ball go more often? Cause uh, he's not that kind of quarterback, <laughs> you know? Oh, man. So um, that was my question is, is, you know, is, does Andy Dalton's return even move the, ba- the needle for the Bengals offense? It was bad with him. It was bad without him. I think it'll be bad with him back in the lineup. So that's kind of how I take it. so, um speaking of bad, the Colts. No, I'm just Josh. Mike, Mike. Didn't <laughs> <good and> bad. <laughs> uh next yeah, game a. up, a. Tennessee a. travels a. to a. Indianapolis. A. 43 and a half point over under. And Jeez. the Colts are two and a half home two and a half point home favorites. So Evan, um you want to know about AJ Brown in Tennessee if they if if you keep forgetting about him?
2: Yeah, AJ Brown's been flitting around there. Uh had some droppable performances before last week's twenty-one and a half point HPPR game. Is he back? What's going on? I'm watching to see that because he's on—he's on twenty-five. He's on seventy-five percent of waiver wires in Yahoo right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's not on the waiver wire, and I—I've been starting him for the last three weeks, um, in one of my leagues where my wide receivers are garbage. But um, yeah, I would love to see a big game from from uh, from uh, AJ Brown because um. Like you said, he's he's had some droppable performances. Um, I mean, uh, he had 23 yards uh, a few weeks ago. He had 17 two weeks ago. Um, he had 11 four weeks ago. But he chipped in a touchdown and saved your day. But he's also had, uh, you know, six for 64, four for 81, and then the four for 135 and a score. So um, very wildly inconsistent. Um, but I am excited to see what he does down the stretch in these last four games. Um, Mike, you want to know if, what Jacoby Brissett will do, um, over these next four games, if he's going to break out of this slump that he's been in.
1: Yeah, he's ever since his, his injury, uh, and he is wearing a brace over his knee. Uh, he seems to be well limited. And I think a lot of that has to do with his, with his brace. But what's interesting is that even though he's not throwing for a lot of yards, the last two games, he's had 148 yards passing. 129 yards passing than in the last week so you're you're looking at barely a little over 300 something yards that that's something that should be done in a game from elite quarterbacks but it's not being from Brissett. and you know he's it's troubling because i i had him about ninth or tenth um a couple weeks ago uh overall quarterbacks now he's in the like 15 range and Mm -hmm. i don't know if a lot has to do with the fact that He's not getting any much opportunities. He, he's, he has uh, 49 attempts in the last two games, so he's getting like 25 per game. Um, but he's making the most of it. He's completing his passes. It's He's completed 31 of those, which is a 63% completion rate. Um, but when you figure in all the yardages at 277, with one touchdown and one interception, those just numbers are not going to work for you. And that's what fantasy is about, is numbers. So it doesn't I mean he could have all the completion rate in the world. He could be 100%. But if he's throwing for 277 yards on a touchdown, that's not going to do you any good. No. Um, the, the other ironic thing about him being limited with his knee and everything is that He's actually scored two rushing touchdowns from, I think, like five and seven yards out. Mm-hmm. So it's like he's being limited in his passing because of his knee, but he's running for touchdowns. And that doesn't make much sense to me here. So I I really don't know what's happening with, with that situation with Brissett. I don't know if it's off- offensive scheming or if it's his knee or if it's both uh, combined, but it's not working. Um I, I think this week he throws for 220 yards and a touchdown. It's one touchdown total, um, and that's it. And so I definitely bench him, especially I'm benching him over Sam Darnold.
0: Yeah, and I think a lot of it has to do with, one, his knee, and two. I mean, T.Y. Hilton was playing last week, but, you know, that would be news to T.Y. Hilton given what he did on the field. So I think he's he's had some trouble lately, and I think they've been leaning on the run a lot. I remember in that, that, that Houston game, I think uh, um, Jonathan Williams had like seven of the first nine touches. So it's like, oh, they're just they're just leaning hard on the running back. And that I mean, that's I would do the same thing because that's how they beat the Chiefs. That's how they took down at that point the best team in the in the AFC was by running the ball down their gullet. So um they're just lining guys up behind Quentin Nelson and and going off to the races. So um so I I think that you're you're right, Mike, where the the volume and, and the production isn't there and um, with the the knee brace, it's causing problems. So we'll see how that goes. Um, my question is is as to as a uh, the rake, right? Right, Evan, the rake. Yeah, as as Yeah. A... <laughs> you know why they call him the rake, right? Why? Because he's got a wide base. There you things. go. I love every time there's a different reason why they call it the rake. <laughs> but as the rake's been been uh you know sliding oh. down, we've had uh, uh I am here. I flipped
2: my button pusher upside down. And so when I thought I hit the cough button, I hit the
0: mute everyone button. Ah, there you go. So what I was saying was as as the rake has been been Playing poorly, uh, there's been a new contender for the streaming uh, wide or quarterback that you want to go get, and it's Ryan Tannehill. It's the other guy in this game. So what I want to know is Ryan Tannehill a guy that we're setting and forgetting for the rest of the year because he's had five starts, and here's his total pace in those five starts, passing and rushing combined, four thousand four hundred sixty-four yards. Forty-two touchdowns—that's the pace he's playing on right now, <laughs> rushing and passing. Forty-two touchdowns and just ten interceptions. I mean, Ryan Tannehill, uh, this, despite all odds from how he was just kind of unceremoniously dumped from from Miami, is playing great in Tennessee, and he's—I want to know if he's a quarterback that we're setting and forgetting for the rest of the year. He's got yes. Indy, he's got Oakland, he's got Houston in the next three weeks.
2: Yes, exactly. If you've got quarterback problems are making the playoffs you have been gift wrapped an answer here he's available in 62 percent of leagues he's topped 20 points and been a top 12 quarterback for the last five straight games he's got houston and new orleans in week 15 and 16 and their secondaries are uh-huh. this is uh, just go out and get him, people make them not 38 percent owned this is ridiculous
0: this is yeah it's it's I, i'm excited for Tanny the man they call Tanny, i'm excited for him so um that's my question is if he keeps this if he keeps this rolling against the colts this week i'm he's locked and loaded for the rest of the year for me so that's the what i'm curious five games he is the number 2 fantasy quarterback behind the man the uh, mythical legend yeah lamar jackson yeah lamar all right next game up philadelphia at miami 45 point over under philly 10 point favorites and mike, and mike was mike dumbfounded. dumbfounded he has he no question
1: no uh I, I don't... No? Not one?
0: <laughs> Unless you deleted it accidentally.
1: Uh, oh, I don't have a question on there. But I'll, I did prepare that. one. All right. <laughs> How good is Mike Kosicki? Um, uh, yeah, Mike Kosicki, yeah. Uh, will he score a touchdown?
0: Of course he will. Perfect. The only question is... In which reality will he score a touchdown? Because he scored a touchdown in every single game this year, but it's been in different quantum realities. So the problem with Mike Isiki is that he's phasing in and out of quantum realities. So we're, we've we been in the wrong one this whole time, but um, he has been scoring them just in other realities, just so everybody knows. That's why Mike asicki has been having a down year. Does that work for everybody? Does that uh, yeah, work for totally everybody? For me. Sure. Right. Okay. Evan, talk to me about Devontae Parker.
2: Devonte Parker has increased in targets or stayed the same each of the last four weeks. He got six, then 10, then 10, then 11. Is he developing rapport with uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick that could make him blossom in the fantasy playoffs? Because Miami's offense, they're not good, but they've turned it around. I'm setting and forgetting Ryan, uh, Devontae Parker from now on. And let me see how owned he is. If you can even just go and pick him up because he is scary. Devontae Parker is still owned in 21% of leagues out there, people.
0: Grab him. Yeah, Parker should be universally owned at this point, unless you're in a like a fire-and-forget league. That's the only reason why I wouldn't see him being owned. But so, yeah, I mean, Evan, I, I think he you're you're correct that he's a set-and-forget for the rest of the year. I, I believe that that's the case as a wide receiver three-year-old flex, because he's getting you that floor that we talked about before. All right, so we talked a little bit about the guy I wanted to talk about. It's Dallas Goddard, but I have a different angle on it, and my question is, so Dallas Goddard – Over the last uh, six games, he's been on a 96 target pace. Um, And I mean, that's a good amount of targets for a tight end. The only problem is, is he's he's catching them at a good pace, but his yards per target are really low. He's only getting 6.8 yards per target. So he's getting these catches, but he's not converting them into high yardage totals like his last four games, 32 yards, 36 yards, 39 yards, 22 yards. These are numbers you see from a tight end who's getting like three, four targets a game. But I mean, he's gotten five, five, six, and eight targets in the last four games. He should be getting more yards because he's catching like seventy-five percent of his balls, but they're just such low yardage targets. So, with Zach Ertz out, with Zach Ertz not playing, can he finally get those downfield targets and and convert them and and catch them at the same or near the same rate for him to actually blossom um, against this Miami defense? So that's what I want to see is is a, to, I guess, break it down into four words. It's Goddard's yards per target that's what i'm looking at this weekend is what he does uh with some some different targets so next game up green bay at the new york giants green bay off of uh, what happened to green bay last week do you guys remember
2: they got wrecked
0: oh okay who who, was, who, the who
2: adams had a good fantasy game is all i remember
0: who shellacked him? was it the was it the 49ers it was the 49ers right i barely remember <laughs> anyways they 45
2: got They got mined like a nugget.
0: (laughs) 45-point over-under. Green Bay, six-and-a-half-point favorites. Evan, talk to me about Devontae Adams and and if you think he can improve the rest of the year. There's still a chance, Devontae, to earn your first-round status. You've gotten 15
2: or more points in HPPR the last two weeks, including your first score last week and a two-point conversion. Let's keep it rolling by doing great. In these fantasy playoffs, you got it. You're back on track. You've got the rapport. Let me see you win. Incidentally, he's, oh, he's an owner in 100% of leagues. Good. I was hoping, <laughs> yeah, I was worried.
0: Go, go pick him up. If you're in yeah. uh, uh, the point, I'm sure there's a rounding error. I'm sure he's out there in one league. If he's out there in your one league, go get him. That's, this our, that's doesn't our big really advice. really hope because I'm not making it you have to start him no matter what, but I, I just, that's what I'm watching for all right fair enough fair enough fair enough so um uh mike for this one you were checking on what's going on with saquon barkley and jamal williams two guys going up against each other
1: yeah well really this it's interesting because saquon barkley i I have to say but dude sucks right now he's like garbage uh the last few games uh last four games he's had one touchdown um He's had more receiving yards than running, sixty-three rushing yards, one hundred fifty-two receiving yards. Uh, his is one actually his one touchdown to actually come from the air as well. So he hasn't even scored on the ground. And overall, uh, Williams has done quite a bit better. In fact, he's he's had thirty-three carries on one hundred forty yards. So if you look at Saquon Barkley and just the rushing yards alone, um, Barkley. Sixty-three carries, one hundred fifty-two yards. Williams, thirty-three carries, one hundred forty yards. And if you just take that, just take those two things, that means that Barkley has twelve more rushing yards than Williams in thirty more attempts.
0: Is that bad?
2: That's a little bad. Yeah, that's bad. Okay. That's you know we uh, we look at the total points scored and trying to decide who's having the better season, uh, Christian McCaffrey or 2006, Danny Tomlinson for best running back season of all time. But what we're discounting is how much of a positional advantage McCaffrey is giving owners over those other first round running backs, which is far more significant than in 2000. And, well, Larry, John, Hmm. I'm looking at 2009 and nope. The running backs were also really disappointing. Uh, Lydane Tomlinson had had 453 fantasy points. The next highest was Larry Johnson with 350. And then you go down to Gore with 292. So ha! Now I was going to make an argument that Christian McCaffrey easily had it in the bank no matter what happened, but it looks like that year was a disappointing year for running backs as well. But it's interesting how poorly the other early top four running backs are doing and the advantage that's providing owners now with Christian McCaffrey. Anyway, Christian McCaffrey.
0: (laughs) Christian McCaffrey. All right, uh, Evan, say Christian McCaffrey again.
2: Christian McCaffrey.
0: Thank you. So I don't want to know.
2: It should be cheat code. It should be cheat M code. That's the new nickname I'm working. on. No, instead of McCaffrey. Yeah. McCaffrey. Uh, or or McCaff. Or the antivirus.
0: The antivirus. Yeah, that the was M- another one. Bad. I need yeah. to go
2: back to the workshop.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I want to know. I, I don't have a lot of stats or anything to back this up because it's just you know the the Packers' offense was just thoroughly dismantled last week. And um, th- th- this comes uh, two weeks after they were thoroughly dismantled in um, uh, Los Angeles by the hand at the hands of the Chargers. So I want to see how the offense bounces back um, from those, those shellackings. Because, I mean, for all the talk about Aaron Rodgers struggling this year, the Packers have been putting up points. I mean, you take out those two games, they got 24, 31, 42. 23 is a little low, but then 34... 27 27 and 21 so it's like they are putting up points but you know we have this perception of, of Aaron Rodgers playing poorly which he has it's been a lot of Aaron Jones so I'm curious how they what path they take to um to blow this back up to get the you know get their offense rolling again. Are they going to put it on Aaron Rodgers' shoulder and say Aaron, give us five touchdowns again like you did against the Raiders, or are they going to give it to Aaron Jones and say, hey, give us <laughs> uh, what do you have four rushing touchdowns um, again? So um, I'm curious to see in a must-win game for them, how do they how do they bounce back? That that's what I want to know. The path that they take are they are they chucking it with Rodgers, or are they taking a more conservative approach on the ground? So. Next, next game, Cleveland at Pittsburgh, 39 and a half point over under Cleveland, two point favorites. And as long as nobody gets their helmet ripped off and bashed over their head, this game will not be as much of a disaster as last time these two teams played. And uh, Mike, you're wondering if uh, Baker, if you, if we can roll with Baker Mayfield, who's had a little bit of a renaissance.
1: Yeah, they, they are looking really good. Uh, You know, obviously it's not too difficult to look good against Miami, but I think it's more than that. I think Kareem Hunt has put a spark into um, them abusing defenses, and uh, it's uh, it's done some wonders for their, for the offense. They have a lot more options to do, like they put both in the backfield, or uh, Kareem Hunt lines up in the slot, or Kareem Hunt is alone in the backfield. And you have to, as a defense coordinator, take count for each one of those positions that Kareem Hunt does because he's so dangerous um, with his hands.
0: And uh, ooh, bad choice of words. <laughs> <I'm>, uh, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry.
1: <laughs> I'm just going to keep punching at it to get to till I uh, get it right.
0: Uh, good gosh, sorry. No, Go no, it's,
1: no, it's, it's fine. I, I was it was intending to be that. Um, but anyways, so with with uh, Chub, he's. He, do you they got two two guys that are almost pretty much alike. I think Hunt's definitely a better receiver out of the backfield, but it's uh it's some it's really done wonders, I think. So, I think Mayfield Mayfield if you drop him, better hurry up and, and get him back because I think you're going to see what we saw last year in his rookie season moving on.
0: Yeah. And before we move on, I just want to say the the what cream what hunt did was was not funny at all it was just the choice of words caught me off guard so i apologize if the the laughing or whatever you know to I, d- please don't cancel us i <laughs> it, it was just the choice of words got me so anyway no, uh, yeah, yeah don't don't
2: it's not the situation exactly yeah, yes exactly.
0: <laughs> it was not the, the situation was not funny so um a situation that is kind of funny is we kind of talked about it is the um wide receiver room for the um uh sorry, I just got completely thrown off. The Steelers, the wide receiver room for the Steelers. Um, I want to know if James Washington is gonna be the wide receiver one in Pittsburgh rest of the season. We already touched on it. Um, I mean he's got 90 yards and a touchdown in two of his last three games. He's got four straight games with at least 49, uh with going at least three for 49. So we'll see how that goes. We touched on it already in the 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 cover six, so I'm not gonna belabor the point. But um Evan wants to know about Odell Beckham in this one. Yeah, so we now uh I guess owner's confidence must be shooting up after
2: last week, Uh, but I'm looking at what he's projected for in Yahoo, and I I don't know if I'd start him over. He's projected to score about as much as Devante Parker. I'd pick Parker. He's picked to score about as much as Cortland Sutton. Okay, I would totally pick Beckham there. He's picked to score about as much as Tyler Boyd, and I would definitely go Boyd. I'm worried a lot of uh, owners are going to be making decisions based on his past history and not based on performance beyond the last game and i think it might be a mistake in in many situations look at your matchups people before you just slot in odell beckham against some waiver wire darlings
0: exactly that's a good that's a good way to put it and um he finally i mean he's starting to get his his touchdown regression you know he's finally he scored his first touchdown since week two last week but um you know he's he he hasn't been uh odell beckham lately and that's uh jarvis landry i mean is jarvis landry the wide receiver one there
1: Jarvis Landry, uh, when I charted him, lined up more as a wide receiver one than uh, Odell Beckham did.
0: There you go. Literally, we got data. Literally, the wide receiver one there in in uh, in uh, Cleveland. So um, we'll hope that that game ends with everybody with their helmets on, everybody hugging, nobody getting kicked in the head, nobody getting bashed over the head because they may or may not have said a racial slur. Speaking of racial slurs, Landry, uh, is the number one averaging receiver over the last four weeks in the entire nfl apparently. the number one yeah good gosh good golly and again evan has a great knack for stepping on my transitions speaking <laughs> of racial slurs washington at carolina 40 point over under Carolina, 10-point favorites. At this point, it's just a running bit, Evan. <laughs> you need to ask permission to go move on every time. Evan, may I move on? <laughs> All right, Evan, is, is Terry McLaurin droppable? And tell me about this cat fact
2: you've got. Oh, yeah, I'm worried that people are going to be dropping Terry McLaurin. Let me just pull him up here. I think he's 78% owned, but I want to get that down. Uh, Because, you know, his quarterback's... Not really into playing football very well. But you know, he jumped up from four touches last week to, t- or, sorry, four targets last week to 12. And even though he only caught two more of those, uh, I think he's a good start. And he has a, a decent run down the playoffs. Don't, don't abandon him. And of course, Haskins theoretically should get better. So mm-hmm. don't abandon your McLaurin's. Even if, even if you haven't dropped him, but he's on your bench, consider starting him. If not this week, then the next three. He's going to come up, people, back away from that ledge.
0: Yeah, H- Haskins has been getting better. We got into a almost knockdown dragout about if he was the worst quarterback in the league, but he's starting. I think the game s- slowed down for him slightly, and I agree that it can only get better for Terry McLaurin. Um, I I don't know how much of that is wishcasting because he's on my Scott Fishbowl team, but um, wide receiver one, rest of season, Terry McLaurin. All right, I'm not allowing any rebuttals. My- okay, here's my cat fact. Oh, so cat this fact. Comes from, this comes from
2: Reddit user Duval11. Okay. Uh, and it it blew up Reddit, blew up uh, Reddit, and made my kids scream "Whirlybird" for some reason. Uh, since the black cat ran across MetLife Stadium at the Monday Night Football Dallas Cowboys New York Giants game, Week Nine, cat teams—that's the Lions, Panthers,
0: and Bengals—are 0-12. twelve. That is a cat fact. Oh my gosh! Also, the the Cowboys have have uh, cratered since then as well. So uh, I I enjoy that cat fact. Cats are winless um, since the the black cat when the the black cat won the week. All right, Mike. Let's talk about Darius Geis. Uh, uh, He's finally start should be working himself back in. But do you think he's worth the start? That's your question.
1: Yeah, and I think a lot of that has to do with Adrian Peterson if he's going to play or not. um, Because they're really splitting time with Garrett Geis being back, and they should. I mean, it's a last season. So, I mean, do you really want Darius Guys to get injured again before this season ends? And but they might not have a choice because the only other running back they have is Chris Thompson, and he's not really a running back. So,
0: if and and I, he's hurt, he's still got dealing with. Oh, that's right.
1: This. He's still questioned
0: that dude. That's fair. Yeah, uh, he's he's fragile, man. He's totally fragile.
1: Uh, so you got ADP and and Chris Thompson, let's just say, supposedly out, which leaves Guys the only guy. But the Carolina defense against the run is just one of the worst in the NFL. I think they're 30th. And – but you have guys who's not done anything since he's returned. He's 17 carries, 56 yards, which is like 3.3 yards per carry. really low. Um, Adrian Peterson's actually outplayed him. So, no. I mean, unless unless for some reason your roster – Looks like mine in my home league. There's really no reason to play Darius guys, but it's still tempting. Uh, I would, I would say he's he's going to finish as a flex option. That. Uh, so my dog
0: disagrees.
1: <laughs> Sixty-five yards and should I say a touchdown?
0: No, I won't say a touchdown. 65. No touchdown. 65 yards. Sixty-five yards. That's your guess, huh?
1: Yeah, three catches. Twenty yards, so he'll finish with probably like nine points, nine fantasy points at the end of the at the end of the week.
0: All right, all right, sounds good. Sounds like a a, a decent line. Um, so my question is: is uh, can the Wash can will Curtis Samuel have any value? I mean, if he's not going to do it against Washington, I, g- I get their middling against the uh, against wide receivers, but I mean, except for his touchdowns, I mean, he he hasn't topped. 90 yards i'm sorry he hasn't topped 70 yards since week two um his last four games six three for 64 four for 35 four for 25 and one for nine um his touchdowns kind of wallpapered over the fact that he's not been playing well lately and i'm hoping for some bounce back um some life out of curtis samuel and that's what i'm hoping to see um with this uh, washington defense if they can pull that off all right so next game up unless evan Do you, are you good? Evan! I think Evan's good. I think Evan died. Okay. I was waiting for you to transition so I could tell people that
2: Curtis Samuel is still 72% owned for some reason.
0: Gosh. <laughs> Tampa Bay, Jackson goes to Jacksonville. Uh, battle of the irrelevant Florida teams. 48 point over under. Tampa Bay, one point favorites. And Mike, you're so the question all year has been uh, is it Rojo or Barber? And you want to know if it's Rojo and Barber this week?
1: Yeah, well, if you look back two weeks ago, right, and we all know the Jaguars' defense against the run is, uh, so it's it can be it very well can be uh, both Rojo and Barber, even though Tampa Bay probably passes for more more times than any other any other team. But why not take advantage of a team that is allowing 142 yards per game on the ground? Carlos Hyde went for 160. The Colts had two, so it can happen. Two 100-yard guys against them. Um, Henry last week went for 159 yards. But if you look at these two dudes, Rojo is averaging 40 yards per game. Barber is averaging about 32 yards per game. Uh, I could see one guy going bust and loose for a touchdown um, for maybe like a 60-yard touchdown or something to that effect. So I'm going to go... Rojo will have an RB2 start.
0: What about Barber?
1: Barber, no. No. No.
0: Okay. All right. Evan, let's talk to me about Nick Foles. Yeah. So he's on a whole
2: bunch of sleeper lists. I think I might put him on mine. Does that mean like he's startable and it's all good now? He had a 21 point game against Indianapolis. He had a 15 point game against Tennessee last week, but this is Tampa Bay. This is a great matchup. So. Do we, are we, am I believing the Nick Foles against a good matchup thing with such low data? That's what I want to know, you know, cause he's available in 64% of leagues and I might pick him up in the ones where taken. All
0: right. Yeah. I'm <clears throat> we'll see. I don't, I mean, it's Nick Foles. I don't, I don't have that kind of faith in Nick Foles yet. Um, but I mean, I would, there are some other quarterbacks I would roll with before Nick Foles. Um, He's got three touchdowns in his three starts this year. So uh, not super, super enthused about Nick Foles this week. Um, what I'm trying to figure out, and it maybe it'll help Nick Foles, is Chris Freaking Conley. So Chris Conley over the last five games has eight targets, seven targets, seven targets, eight targets, nine targets. If you're looking at that kind of target volume, you're looking at a guy that should be producing pretty well. And he's had some bad hands in these contests. Um he's catching 48. Point seven percent of his balls, but, um, but I'm checking to see if he can finally convert these these dang uh, targets because he had eighty three and one oh three, um, five game four and five games ago. But then, thirty two yards, fifty eight yards, forty nine yards in the last three games. It's, I want to see Chris Conley convert these catches into touchdowns, and he's playing up against this Tampa Bay defense that is just absolutely dreadful against uh, wide receivers, they allow the most fancy points to position. I mean, if if he's going to do it in any week, it's going to be this week. Uh, Russell Gage uh, had 11.6 fancy points and half PPR against him last week. Um, So, you know, I want to see if Chris Conley converts these uh, targets into fantasy points because that's what we need need from you, Chris Conley, is to convert these into fantasy points. All right. So now the real game of the week, the last 10 a.m. game. Uh, they have to make sure that uh, the Patriots get their primetime game. We can't have what might be the game, uh, the game of the year, San Francisco at Baltimore. We can't have that in primetime. The Patriots got to play the Texans. You know, can't flex this one. Forty-six and a half point over under. Baltimore six point favorites. And uh, Evan, you want to know if Hollywood Brown is a must start against this Niners defense? Yeah, and
2: right now, right now it's no. Right now it's no Temper your expectations people in all but one game he's had in all but one game he's had fewer five or fewer catches he's heavily touchdown dependent and the Niners don't allow a lot of scores then he plays Buffalo who also doesn't allow scores keep him around for the Jets in Cleveland week fifteen and sixteen but I would not start Marquise Brown this week people there's someone better out there. i am watching to see if you proves me wrong
0: I, I hope that you're not wrong sort of like you're uh... Um, it's good to be a pessimist because if you're wrong, um, you're pleasantly surprised. Um, I, I hope you're not wrong. <laughs> or I hope you are wrong. Not wrong. There we go. Not wrong. There we go. Sorry. The Niners game has me real shook. Mike, talk about Lamar Jackson.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, so you, you, you guys know my feelings by right now about Lamar Jackson. He's really good running back. Uh, and... He's a really good
0: quarterback, Mike. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league at quarterbacking. No, he's not um we'll we'll never
1: see eye to eye on that one uh uh and but he does put up a lot of yardage uh and he puts up you know a lot of 300 yard games i mean he's had i think like six or seven uh 300 yard games this year which is tremendous uh awesome and but when it comes to playing teams that are actually good you know teams that are in the top 15 defenses Seahawks, 21-ranked 21, uh, 21 defense, 230 yards. Rams, 15th-ranked defense, 264 yards. Steelers, number 11 defense, 231 yards. Patriots, number one defense, 224 yards. Uh, so when it comes to tough defenses, you know, we, we see an, a, a quite quite a drop-off in production. And with the 49ers, we all know they're probably, what, second or third-ranked defense in football. I do not expect uh, Lamar Jackson to put up 300 plus total yards or 300 for that matter. I'm looking at maybe 250 total yard from Lamar Jackson.
0: All right. Fair enough. My question is, is how will the Niners or how will the Ravens figure out a way to blow out the Niners in this game? Because, uh, I mean, the Niners have lost one game. They lost one game in overtime on a field goal. So they're not a team this year that's gotten blown out, obviously. Um, (laughs) They've lost, like I said, one game in overtime on a field goal. The Ravens have been destroying good teams, absolutely obliterating them. Uh, They beat the Patriots by 17 points. Uh, They beat the Texans 41 to 7. They they beat the Seahawks by two touchdowns in Seattle. I'm trying to figure out, I mean... (laughs) how do they how do they blow out the niners like what path do they take and i'm genuinely curious about that and i think a lot of that will have to do with lamar jackson because kyler murray played well against them in two games so far this year russell wilson gave them fits in that game so i think it will be lamar jackson on the ground running the football is what will Lead to the Niners getting blown out. But I want to know how the Niners get blown out in this one because the Niners are a, like Mike said, top three defense in the league at worst. And they're not a team that's, they're, they're 10 and 1. They're not a team that get, gets blown out. They're undefeated in regular, in regulation, I guess you could say, because their one loss was at the buzzer in OT with a field goal. So I want to know. Mm-hmm. How that happens? It's the opposite of uh, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh last week, where I called it the very movable force versus the very stoppable object. I want to know um, this Niners defense against this Ravens offense. Like, how do they? How do they do it? That—that's what I want to know. That's what I'm curious to see, because uh, I cannot engage with this game on a on a micro level because it's giving me stress just talking about it. So let's move on to a different well, game.
1: I, I, you know, I, I don't see it as a blowout. I, I can see it as a. Maybe thirty to
0: 20, 24 game
1: kind of.
0: I, I I mean I'm I'm not confident because they blew out the Pats on the road. They beat the Pats by three scores on the road. I'm not confident that you know the Niners are gonna uh-huh. go into get in, go cross country into Baltimore on a 10 a.m. game and keep it close. Well, that's, I, what, I, I'm, that's I what I'm not I, confident in.
1: I, I know, I know, I understand. I hear you. I, I wouldn't be confident either, but I don't think yeah. it's going to be as bad. As you think it is.
0: All right. Well, I hope I'm taking the even to tact where when I'm wrong, I'll be pleasantly surprised. There you go. Rams at Cardinals. It's our first one o'clock game. It's a 47 and a half point over under Rams are three point favorites. And Mike's, Mike's asking a question that poor Jared Goff is probably asking himself is will he throw a dang touchdown?
1: And yeah, it's it's wow. Um, OK, so there's some history to this to this quarterbacking dilemma. We have to go all the way back to October 27th, 2019. Four days before Halloween. And on that day, Jared Goff threw a touchdown. What has he done since then? Nothing. Has not thrown one single touchdown. Uh, Yeah. And since then, uh, he's had five interceptions, though. Uh, And it's only worse. Because last year at this time, he had 26 touchdowns. Um, he only had six interceptions. Now he has, at this present moment, 11 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. So he actually even he, – he's not even – he has one more interception than he
2: has touchdowns. It, you want to hear a joke?
1: Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's brighten this up because – He's
2: owned God. in 68% of Yahoo leagues.
1: Why? Like, I, I – I, I, uh, that, that's probably the question of the year. Uh, uh, I
2: thought that was a funny joke. <laughs> it's true, <two jokes>. though.
1: <laughs> that is pretty funny. Um, so interesting enough, if, if anybody needs a regression game like St. Quan Barkley and Jared Goff, they both have easy opponents. Uh, Jared Goff has the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, there really isn't a reason, a single reason, why he shouldn't throw. Well, at least one touchdown. Uh, but I don't know, Willie. I, I don't know. Um, my guess really is the fact that he does throw two touchdowns and 280 yards. But if he gets less than two touchdowns and 280 yards, there's no reason why you should have him on, on your team now. And there isn't any reason why you should have him on after that. He
0: should be gone. Jared Goff is not a fantasy football commodity in 2019. Period. Done. Even if yeah. he scores two touchdowns. Even if he scores three touchdowns. It's just going to be a dead cat bounce game. And um, I, pfft, I I will talk a little bit why I think he will throw at least one touchdown. But first, let's let let's touch on uh, Evan Did wants to Did you say
1: know dead, dead cats bounce?
0: Dead cat bounce.
1: What is that? Uh, dead when, dead a stock
2: starts to, when a stock starts to plummet, uh, a yeah. bunch of people will buy it at a certain point, thinking that they're going to get a big return when it turns around. And that will cause an artificial boost in its value that Reddit? eventually plummets yeah so it's a so false it, it's a false turnaround
0: yeah it's a false turnaround it, it, it yeah it's a stock term that um you know it's 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 a stock that's on the way down gets a boost and then continues its path down is is but, what it is do
1: they call it that dead cats bounce
0: all right they call it a dead cat bounce i don't know why but that's what they oh. call
2: it <laughs>
0: <Nope>. because cats <laughs> yeah. always land on their feet
1: well that's not always true so either.
2: so if it so if it didn't land on its feet it must be dead
1: but it, cats don't always loud.
2: Yeah, but that's all your, right. Tom, yeah, let's talk about David dead Johnson. All bounce either. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> like that's flat. I, I don't know. It's confusing. Drop your DJs, people. Here, here, hold you on, on hold on, to...
0: hold on, hold on. time out It is called a dead cat bounce because the quote is that even a dead cat will bounce if it falls from a great height, and that is where it comes from, according to Investopedia. That's why it's called that, and this, that's all I can tell you. All right, let's talk about
2: the dead dead cat on this on this matchup here is David Johnson. Drop him, people. He's 91% owned. Drop him. Pick up a guy. Even if you don't need a guy, look at week 16 and pretend your top two running backs or somebody gets injured and figure out who you would start based on matchup. Pick them up. He's broken. It's sad. He's had zero points or fewer in the last four games. Or fewer. He had a game with fewer than zero points. Stop doing this to yourselves, people. You need the roster space. Oh, and then five games ago, he had zero point two. Something's wrong. Don't be a part of
0: it. He's not even getting touches. All right, Mike. It sounded like you had a, a rebuttal.
1: I, I I have a rebuttal for this week. We'll we'll see what happens. Um, but it obviously, it does not look good. Which is interesting too, because of the fact that he he had just come off like a a huge game before his supposedly injury. Against the Giants and then didn't play for two weeks. And then it's gotten limited time since then. But against the Falcons, he went off for two touchdowns uh, and just had a great six receptions, sixty, And he was playing pretty, pretty good um, football up until that point, too. You didn't have a bust out game like he did against the Falcons. But he was putting up, you know, pretty good top 12 numbers. So either he's hurt, like Evan's saying, we'll we'll know more. This game because they've just had a bye week um, and he hasn't been active at all. So if he's if he's still not doing anything and still not getting the touches against the Rams, then, yeah, I cut him. But I don't I think it's a little premature to cut him um, until we find out what what his usage is against the Rams.
0: Yeah, either way, definitely
2: back and forth, people. This is what you get with our podcast.
0: Either way, you're not starting him. Uh, you're getting red hot back and forth and two children murdering themselves in the background. It sounds like
2: (laughs) they don't quite get the no talking part. All
0: right. So, um, either way, you're not starting David Johnson this weekend. And if he goes off, you got to be okay with that because, um, like Evan pointed out since week, uh, since his blow up game in week six, he has four rushing yards and eight receiving yards. And he's been active for three of those games. So um, just not a guy that you can start right now, but I understand Mike's uh, um, trepidation in dropping him. So well, Mike, yeah. you
1: asked, Let's put it this way. I'm starting James Wyatt over David Johnson in my home league.
0: Gosh. I mean, that uh, that could be okay. James White, he's not bad. He's not bad. He's not bad. All right. Um, so Mike, you wanted to know if Jared Goff is going to throw a touchdown this week, at least one, and I'm confident he will score or he will throw at least one touchdown And it will be, too, Tyler Higby. Here's a list of tight ends who uh, have scored touchdowns against the Cardinals this year. Mark Andrews, Greg Olson, Will Disley, Austin Hooper, George Kittle. Loudly and emphatically doing some fully work, flipping over this page. Also, Rhett Ellison, O.J. Howard, Ross Dwelly, Hayden Hurst, and T.J. Hawkinson. So it doesn't matter who you are. As long as you are playing tight end, you are scoring a touchdown against... The Cardinals. That's why I'm confident that not only will Tyler Higbee be scoring a touchdown, that means Jared Goff will be scoring a touchdown. Unless we get some crazy wild, uh, you know, end-around pass a la John Brown to Devin Singletary, I think that will be okay to put at least one Jared Goff touchdown on the board this weekend, uh, and that touchdown going to Tyler Higbee um, because of the dreadful tight end matchup. All right.
1: that That's some great squeaky chair you got going. That is
0: that is. Prime squeaky chair. I dropped something. I had to pick it up. All right, next game up. Uh, Chargers travel to Denver. Thirty-nine point over under. Chargers are two and a half point favorites. And Evan wants to know if Philip Rivers can work out the kinks, or is it a is it a, a a dumpster fire situation? A run around with your head cut like a chicken with its head cut off situation there.
2: In yeah, speaking uh, of things Chargers. that when you move them, I want to figure out what's wrong with Philip Rivers. <laughs> You know, I'm actually probably gonna tune in this okay. game to see if it's a mechanics thing. Do we know what's wrong with Philip Rivers? Why? Why is why is this offense, passing offense, so lackluster compared to previous years?
0: Well, I don't think it's a mechanics thing because uh, he has the worst mechanics in the history of the world. Um, but yeah, I don't. I, it's a brain thing. I think his his is starting to slow down. He's making some real boneheaded decisions, and I think that that's the problem.
1: Yeah, he's he's looked really. His decision making is is awful. Yeah. He's old. He's old, you know. And I think, like you're saying, his brain is slowing down. I know my brain started to slow down when I was like 88. When you know, same age as he is. So, You know, yeah, it, it, that's what happens to us old people.
0: Your brain starts to slow down. Yeah, he, um, he's that. I mean, his decision making—it's just—it's kind of the the if you look at you know Dwayne Haskins and Mason Rudolph, those those guys, their their processors weren't fast enough yet, and now it's like uh rivers was fast and now it's just it's starting to starting to fall apart i mean i whenever people say philip rivers now i think about his interception at the end of the raiders game it was not what a, a the pass a starting quarterback makes it was i mean it was like he was throwing three flies up to raiders players on that one so um think, i think that's the problem
1: think of his processor like the uh everlasting gobstopper machine
0: all right E- elaborate.
1: Oh <laughs> uh, well if you ever seen Willy Wonka, it, uh, yeah the everlasting gobstopper machine takes like twenty years to to make the everlasting gobstopper and all you get is like noises and clunks and clinks ah. and whistles and you know it, so yeah.
0: Now I get it. Now I get it. All right. Now I understand now. It's a good it's a good reference, Mike. I'll allow it. I'll leave it Thank in the podcast. You. Thank you. <laughs> so, Mike, uh, you want to know about Melvin Gordon and having a running back one day against these uh, these Broncos?
1: Yeah. So Gordon has been doing pretty, pretty awesome since he's, you know, gotten used to his football shape again. The first couple of weeks, you know, we'll just ignore. And now he's Gordon. And he's the Gordo of the Gordons. Uh, four touchdowns in the last five games. He's gone over the century mark at least once, which is pretty good. Uh, he's he definitely is always pads his PPR stats with receptions. He has 11 and a touchdown, so really good stuff. Uh, and then um, the problem is is that he gets got the Broncos, and they're pretty pretty tough against the run. They're 11th in, in the NFL. They were at one time I think six, but uh, as you've seen. And as we've discussed, the Broncos' defense, because they, they're they just shallow um, because of injuries, they get tired as the game goes on. So they're dropping down. Um, but they're still a good team. Uh, they, they've only actually allowed only eight touchdowns on the run, which is the sixth toughest. Uh, so they're a top five in borderline defense against uh, teams uh, scoring on the ground against them. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But... Uh, he, I think he'll need to at least put 14 points up to finish in the top 12. Um, and with his receptions, I, it's going to be close, but I, I, I could see him hitting that 14 point mark. I wouldn't expect more than 14 points though from him.
0: All right. Sounds good to me. So, uh, what I'm checking on in this one is uh Philip Lindsay has finally won the touch battle with Royce Freeman. Um, over the last three games, uh, Royce Freeman has 19 touches. Um, to Lindsay's 43, but it hasn't mattered. Uh, Philip Lindsay has not been uh, doing a whole heck of a lot in the last couple games. He's 68 yards before that, uh, 75, but uh, uh, no touchdowns in the last couple games. Uh, he had 92 and one, but I'm looking for, and, and against Cleveland but I'm looking for a big hammer game from Philip Lindsay because he's finally winning the touch battle, but it ultimately hasn't seemed to uh, translate into a huge boost in fantasy football production um so last afternoon game we'll talk about is oakland at kansas city it's a 125 start 51 and a half point over under chiefs are 10 point favorites and mike wants to know if josh jacobs can go over 100 yards and score a touchdown
1: yeah uh he's had four games of 100 plus yards which which is not too bad um and he also has had four games of scoring a touchdown and two of those four that he's gone 100 yards or more he's he's uh done so two touchdowns, or oh man, I boxed that one up. In four of the games that he's gone over 100 yards, he scored in two of those. So he, if he's not rushing for 100 yards, he's you're you're pretty much going to expect him to at least score a touchdown. The Last time they played against the Chiefs, uh, he had 99 yards but did not score a touchdown. Chiefs are horrendous, allowing touchdowns all over the place uh, on the ground. They've allowed 12 this year, so almost one per game, uh, which is 26 in the NFL. And they allow teams to rush for 5.1 yards per carry. This is a setup game for Jacob because they're going to want to run the wall, ball. They're going to want to establish that, especially against such a cruddy defense that Chiefs have um, stopping the run. I say he hits 100 yards and a score.
0: All right, so 100 yards and a score. Is that um, all-purpose yards, or do you think uh, most of that will be sort of like a, a, a rushing uh, if, on the ground, it sounds like?
1: Uh, yeah, I would say 100 uh, rushing yards. He's not catching the ball as much as as I'm kind of surprised by. He, he might get one or two catches, but it's really not going to factor in. Um, that to that total too much if anything it will be 92 yards and eight yards receiving 400 yards but i'm looking for him to get 100 resting yards
0: all right sounds good evan how's the universe tricking you about this game into making you care you know after the jets i closed up went to my
2: cold unemotionless place so the raiders couldn't hurt me anymore but the last time the last time i did that was right before the regular season started and then the universe had them beat Denver. And then the universe had them go up 10 to nothing in the first quarter against Kansas City. And I allowed myself to feel feelings. And Patrick Mahomes dropped 28 points in the second quarter. And the universe slammed the door <laughs> in my face. So how is the universe going to pull up the football on me, Charlie Brown, this time? Now that I'm back to my cold, emotionless rock of football fandom.
0: That's Don't you Canada think that City. this is this is when the universe tries to pull you back in?
2: Yeah, for a second, and then Kansas yeah. City does something
0: amazing and slams the door again. <laughs> All right. So what I'm checking on is uh this might help Evan get some hope is uh um now that Hunter Renfro um, is back out of the lineup. Uh does this mean that Darren Waller will go back to going supernova cuz um Darren Waller was a hot hot commodity at the beginning of the year and he's uh his targets have kind of faded recently and so so as his his production hasn't so much hasn't been so much but he hasn't had these huge games like 134 yards 126 yards um he started the season um at 8.3 targets per game and that was up until week eight through week eight against houston and then uh hunter renfro slotted into the starting lineup and then he was averaging just five targets a game so what I want to know is now that Hunter Renfro's back out because he broke a rib and punctured his lung. So he's not playing um, is, is uh, Darren Waller going to go back to his, uh, his, his big play ways and, uh, and uh, reward fantasy owners who stuck with him down the stretch. That's what I want to know. So, all right, we will move on now to Sunday night football, the game that should have been flexed or maybe not. Hopefully it's a good game. New England at Houston, 45 point over under the Patriots are three point favorites. And Evan, wants to know if you should start Brady or Darnold. Should I start
2: Brady or Darnold as my question? And really, I've had the answer. People, Yahoo for some reason has Brady as a top 10 quarterback this week and Darnold is like quarterback 25. They are nuts. Do not use them, that metric, for this. Darnold is a great start against Cincinnati. He scored 30 points in two straight games. Tom Brady is openly complaining about the passing game. Go to any other site where they have Darnold ranked way above Brady. Don't don't make the mistake that I did all week, wondering because I use this, I let a site influence my opinion instead of going on my own, richly resource researched opinion.
0: All right, so there you have it. Go with uh, Sam Darnold. Don't go with what the algorithm tells you, um, and and go with Tom Brady. So, um, Mike, you're wondering about um, New Hopkins in this one. If he can have a wide receiver one day.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's he, overall, he's having a really good year uh, as far as receivers go. I think he's like top four. Um, but if you're looking at years past, I think that's where he come across on a stumble block because he isn't putting up his typical numbers. He isn't putting up his typical receptions or his yards or his touchdowns, but how can you complain about a wide receiver who's fourth in fantasy points? Right. Um, yeah, He's had a drought right now, five straight games without a touchdown. But uh, he has scored in three in the last five. So that drought that occurred, I think, from week nine to – or week three to eight or whatever it was, uh, really hurt his his complete totals because he he was just really struggling, and that's the, the downfall of it. But he's starting to come back now. And with uh, scoring in three um, – Three of the last five games with with four total touchdowns, uh three games of 100 yards only. Um, it's 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 really what I think is happening here is that he's become a short range option for them because they have Will Fuller or if Will Fuller's hurt, they have Kenny Stills or they have both at the same time and. They're just really shortening his route. And so he's not getting – he's sort of like Michael Thomas is getting – he needs production, he needs volume to to get the yard. And a lot of times that's not going to happen. I don't think that's going to happen this week against the Patriots. Uh, you you can might as well forget about that. Um, and I, what I see is that he's going not going to have a wide receiver one day, but he will have a wide receiver two day. Expect six receptions, 75 yards.
0: All right. I got nothing to add to six for 75 on that one. Um, <clears throat> and then my, my question kind of rolls into that, which is can Houston overcome the Patriots defense? The Patriots by DVOA haven't are playing at an, you know, a very high level. Um, the one game where they kind of slipped up was where they were playing one of the most difficult to guard offenses in a long time in Baltimore. So I'm curious if, uh, if, and how Houston overcomes this, uh, Um, Patriots defense I don't have a lot of statistics To back this up because this is something I literally Want to watch and see um, How they do that So I'm curious about um, can they overcome The Patriots defense and if they can't then well We are right back where we started So uh, last game on the slate is My Last game on the slate is Minnesota at Seattle Uh, It's a Monday night football 50 point over under Seattle three point Favorites and uh, Mike does Dalvin Cook have a top five day in him
1: You know, this really should be an easy game for Cook. Uh, Seattle's not very good against stopping the run. We have a lot of teams this week. Well, I guess all the teams are playing, so that makes sense. Um, They've given up 12 touchdowns this year, which is 26. 4.5 yards per carry, which is 22nd. The interesting thing about them is that they, they don't give up a lot of yards to the running back. So even though they give up per carry a lot of yards, and they give up a lot of touchdowns to, to the running back through the process, through the process of the game, you're going to see the running backs come, come up short in total yards. So like you'll see them 14 for 60, uh, those kind of things because Seattle is so good that there are a lot of teams that are needing to pass the ball more than they can run. Well, this, this might change with, with, uh, Minnesota because with Dalvin cook, he has five games of hundred plus yards. Um, he he scored a touchdown in nine games this year so far. He catches the passes, catches about five per game. Um, interesting enough, he hasn't scored a touchdown in the air yet this week this year, but and he hasn't scored a touchdown in three weeks. So I think a lot of some of that regression is going to come back. Uh, he will need to have 15 points to have a top five day, and yeah, I can see it. I can see him getting a touchdown um, and probably about five receptions for. Fifty-five yards and fifteen carries for about seventy.
0: Okay, sounds. To, we'll see how that goes. Evan is uh, Rashad Penny going to continue to get touches? Uh, is that what? You, what do you think about that this week? Yeah, he's owning
2: almost half of the Yahoo. Fan, he's owned in almost half of Yahoo fantasy leagues. He's a great pickup for now. I think Chris. The reason why he's getting more, he got more work last week, is Chris Carson can't hold to the ball. I think at the very least they're going to start giving it to Penny in situations where you absolutely can't fumble. That means goal line work. For that alone, I think you could pick him up. And who knows, it might it might just be a regular timeshare on a hot offense that knows what they're doing and likes to balance it out the run with the pass.
1: See, this is why you don't drop a sharp penny.
2: Oof. But, man, you had to hold on to him for about
0: 10 weeks.
1: <laughs> hey, I wouldn't have to worry about getting him, though.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, it's week 13. <laughs> you know, That's we'll see. right. You're worried. Oh, oh, all right. Hold on to Rashad Penny for 14 weeks and maybe you can start him in week 14. All right. Um, so my question is, um, are we getting primetime Kirk Cousins or are we getting uh, the Kirk Cousins that's been playing lately? Uh, Kirk Cousins over his last uh, uh, six games has um, he's playing on a 43 touchdown to three interception pace, 4,500 yards. He has been on fire. Unfortunately, the textbook on Kirk Cousins is that in primetime, Kirk Cousins does not play nearly as well as he does outside of primetime. So on Monday Night Football, checking to see if he might be able to improve on his 6-13 and primetime record um, that he's had uh, in his career. Um, because uh, Kirk Cousins has been on fire for five out of the last six games, and we need to know, uh, you know, this this might be tough for him to do it against the Seattle um, uh, uh defense on the road uh to, yeah to the a,
2: road i think that might tip him over the edge
0: yeah so that's a loud it's,
2: stadium as everybody knows
0: yeah so on the road prime time uh loud stadium this might not be the best start for kirk cousins um you know probably want to start guys like uh, sam darnold over him definitely um maybe ryan tannahill especially if thielen isn't isn't looking like he's going to go. Um, you know, Kirk cousins might have some trouble this week. So, all right, that puts the week 13 preview to bed. But before we go, we have our DFS um, challenge that we're doing. So um, Mike, you got an update on uh, the standings. Yes, I do. So oh, right, for,
1: for week 12, uh, Mike wins again, 135,
0: 135 points. Evan. Seems fishy, but okay. <laughs>
1: Evans, I know it does. I mean, I, I can't lose if I try. Uh, Evans, uh, 123 points, and Jeff with an 80. Good God.
2: 80 we points, all whipped huh? on that, Ryan, too.
1: <laughs> and then overall, Mike at 26, Evan at 22, Jeff 18. And my lineup for this week is Nick Foles at quarterback, 7,500. Miles Sanders, 5,800. Christian McCaffrey at a whopping 11,000. Devontae Adams, 8,000. DJ Shark, 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 do, 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 6,900. Jameson Crowder, 6,300. Jack Doyle, five grand. At the flex, McColl Harden, 5,500. And then the Chargers defense at 30-something hundred yards,
2: 3,900. 3,900, so Dick, I know, because I got them, too.
1: Got them. <laughs> Dick, Dick Foles, Miles Sanders, Christian McCaffrey, at wide receiver, Devontae Adams, DJ Chart, Jamison Crowder, tight end, Jack Doyle, Flex, McCall Hardman, and the defense, Sandy, or Los Angeles Chargers.
0: San Diego Chargers. I'm holding you to it. Mike gets zero points out of his DST because the San Diego (laughs) Chargers don't exist anymore. All right, Evan, let's hear your lineup. I am really
2: excited about it this week. I have marked and crossed out my piece of paper here so many times, and I think I have a a a winning fantasy lineup this week. All right, Uh, Mahomes, eighty-six hundred. Derek Henry, eighty-six hundred. Le'Veon Bell, seventy-three hundred. Give me DJ Moore for sixty-eight hundred. DJ Shark, I like the DJs. DJ Shark with 6,900. And with Hunter Renfro injuries, with the Hunter Renfro injury, I like Tyrell Williams for 6,200 there. Katasay's defense is not great. Mm-hmm. And then we have uh, Waller for 6,100. Again, that Renfro injury. I also like the Chargers deep at 3,900. And give me flex. Give me, uh, I think we, we all are going to him. Miles Sanders for 5,600 feels like a steal. So again, Mahomes, 8,600. Derek Henry, 8600 six hundred. Le'Veon Bell, seventy three hundred. D.J. Moore, sixty eight hundred. D.J. Chark, sixty nine hundred. Tyrell Williams, sixty two hundred. Darren Waller, sixty one hundred. Chargers D, thirty nine hundred. And Miles Sanders for fifty six hundred
0: dollars. All right. So um, my lineup uh, has some definite. Um, Agreements with yours. Um, I had Miles Sanders at 5,800 though. He's my he's my flex, but um, I think that might just be a misread. Uh, So what I got here is I got uh, the Darnold Robbie Anderson stack um, going against uh, the Bengals. Um, That's 7,600 bucks for Darnold, 6,100 bucks for Robbie Anderson. Then I have Derrick Henry continuing to rock and roll, 8,600 bucks. Nick Chubb, 8,200 bucks. Then I got the DJs just like you, 6,900, 6,800 for Chark and Moore. Then I got Darren Waller just like you. Flex, uh, Miles Sanders, just like you, and then I am going with the Steelers DST against the Browns. They have, they they're they're swarming. They sack the quarterback. They're they're angry. Um, they they've had an interception every game with uh, Minka Fitzpatrick. So I'm gonna roll with the uh, $3,700 uh, Steelers. So again, that's Darnold, Derek Henry, Nick Chubb, DJ Chark, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Darren Waller, Miles Sanders, and the uh, Pittsburgh DST. So, all right. That'll do it this week for the uh, week 13 preview of the Football Absurdity podcast. Thanks hey for listening.
2: Sorry, I like to step on you. Listeners, before we go, be sure to check out next week's Friday podcast because we'll be doing it with three of us in the same room.
0: That's right. I can't From believe New I didn't, I didn't, I didn't pimp that absurdity. up front. Football yes.
2: Absurdity invades New Orleans, people. We're going to cover the Niners New Orleans game we're the ground floor
0: we will be there we will let you know we'll get you insight and knowledge um and uh it'll be a lot of fun uh, me evan and Walid will be in person on the ground in new orleans so thanks for listening everybody and you have a good one